What's up, Unusuals? Jim Martin here from the Unusual Buddha podcast and theunusualbuddha.com. Here to talk to you for a second about Anchor. Uh, it's the service I use to make this very podcast. Uh, first and foremost, it's free. Secondly, they give you tools you can actually record and edit your podcast either from your phone or from a computer. Uh, Anchor also helps with distribution of your podcast. Uh, they can get you on Apple and Spotify, all those. Uh, you can start making money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need all in one place. So check them out. It's anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to see what you create. partner in crime, uh, Mattias. Uh, she goes by Nelly, uh, sometimes writes under the name, uh, the pen name of Dude Be Here. Uh, we're also here with uh, Dwayne Toops, as well as Dana Gornall from the Tattooed Buddha. Do you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourself in case I missed anything? Sure. So go ahead, Dwayne. Let's, let's, tell us about yourself. All right. Well, I am uh, Dwayne Toops. I am the, uh, the resident novice in this group. <laughs> Um, I make uh, YouTube videos and podcasts and blogs and you know anything else I can try to manipulate people into <laughs> consuming. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Good on you, uh, Dana. Did you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Let us know who uh, who you are, who you're with. Sure. Um, my name's Dana, and I am one of the co-founders of the Tattooed Buddha, and. Um, I don't really know what I am. <laughs> Maybe you say you're a novice, but I always uh, say I don't really own the jacket and anything. So uh, I'm just, you know, figuring things out as I go along. Absolutely. Uh, and, and real fast, what was, uh, just, just so we make sure we get it out there so everybody is, is well aware of who you are, um, what's, what's the mission statement of, of the Tattooed Buddha? It's, it's, it's interesting. That's why I wanted you to say it. <laughs> <laughs> the mission statement. Well, I'd have to pull it up. I don't have it memorized. <laughs> um, I know we always we say our, uh, we're an evolved dialogue, so we always say join the dialogue, um, and we're just uh, we don't really fit anywhere. You know, we're not a lion's roar, we're not a uh, wisdom publications, um, we're not a Shambhala Sun. Uh, we're somewhere somewhere in the middle. We're a group of misfits that don't really fit anywhere, and Yay. that's how that's how we came to be. <laughs> Well, the, the, the internet is a much better place for you guys because all of those places you mentioned uh, suck in some extent uh, in their own way. Uh, they fall a little bit short, in my opinion, personally. Uh, and then, Nelly, if you, you wanted, is there anything you wanted to say? Anything you wanted to, to get out there? Uh, uh, hi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm uh, uh, Mateus David on Facebook. I go by... Um, Nellie. Uh, I don't know. I live uh, just outside of Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, so I guess I'm the only resident Canadian here, but yay. Um, <laughs> I, um, I follow um, a pagan craft. Uh, pagan craft, sorry. I follow a pagan path. Um, I consider myself to be um, a head witch, um, but... Um, I practiced Buddhism for 10 years and have incorporated a lot of the philosophies into my practice. Um, and so a lot of what I do is um, um, 
um, a lot, I, I, meditation is a huge part of my practice. And, um, and so um, it's been kind of cool working with Jim because um, I, we've been able to kind of learn from each other a lot. Um, and I, I guess that's, I don't know, I think that that's what makes him and I like good partners in crime in that regard is we come from two different places and we really are able to bounce stuff off of each other and it works out well. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. So uh, the, 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 the purpose of, of gathering these, uh, these great minds, myself excluded, uh, all you guys, great minds, uh, is to talk about, um, a little something from different, different perspectives. This is something we're trying to play with and see if, uh, you know, see where this goes. Uh, what, I, what we wanted to talk about today would be, um, emotions as related to ego. So, um, Basically, uh, the, the idea here being um, just to get out of our shells. Uh, I, I usually, I know in my videos, I usually spend a lot of time uh, just sort of yammering, but n not really to any uh, extent. Um, I don't really give a lot, I don't feel like I always give a lot of value, so, so uh, at least not in a cerebral way. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about uh, emotions as related to ego and, um, and basically just kind of uh, unpack that a little bit. So uh, I guess I'll go ahead and start. Um, as far as emotions go to me, uh, it's tough to say because I, I don't know that uh, emotions are, I won't say emotions are bad because obviously, uh, you know, you're human uh, and it's, this is, emotions are part of the process. Uh, I do think it's very possible to uh, allow them to like overtake uh reality you know what i mean so so you're kind of if you're not careful that you can allow yourself to be taken to a place uh that is that isn't real that exists mainly in your head and then uh you know i'm sure everybody's experienced that at some point where you get to this place where uh you're mad about things that aren't even happening you, you know like you're, you're mad about things that aren't um and i think that's something that um Really, every every faith, every belief system uh, would do well by doing is to to maybe place less emphasis on emotion and less, uh, you know, like I said, less pressure on the individual for uh, feeling bad for an emotion or feeling overly good for an emotion. Um, just mainly because it's 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 a process. You know what I mean? Uh, does anybody want else want to un unpack that at the moment? Anything come to mind? Um, well, I, I think there's 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 kind of two things at play in in the topic, kind of as a whole, or at least how it how it strikes me. You've you've got two things that that definitely overlap substantially, but aren't um, aren't necessarily completely connected. You know, you've got the emotions, and then you've got the the ego. Now, and I think in a lot of cases, our our kind of normal everyday life engagement with our emotions kind of already presumes the presence of an ego, but I don't think that that's, that's a necessity and that's, you know, um, something that it's necessarily entailed. I think what it is, it's more of a habitual identification. Like we, we habitually identify ourselves with the emotions that we're experiencing rather than recognizing the emotions just as, the contents of our experience. I don't know if that got way too deep, way too fast. But. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, no, that was good. Yeah. How, how do you feel, Nelly? How, how do you, sorry, did I cut you off? 
No, no, I was just going to say, so there's, there's, there's kind of two parts to the discussion. You know, there's, there's the, the actual emotions themselves, or, or especially as something experiential, something phenomenological, um, that, like you said, is just part and parcel to the, the human experience, um, but it isn't necessarily, um, necessarily connected to to the ego but it often it often is so there's the the ego side of the conversation and then there's the actual uh, emotion side of the conversation and and it's kind of a almost becomes kind of a venn diagram right with the overlapping spot in the center there absolutely nelly did you have something you wanted to uh how, how do you feel about emotions as they relate to ego from your perspective um yeah i i agree with um well, I'm trying to break it down in my mind for a second. Sorry, <laughs> but um, yeah, I agreed with Dwayne. I think, I think a lot of the time um, we use our um, we identify ourselves with our emotions and, and our personalities become our emotions, or our emotions become our personalities. And sometimes um, when we get caught up in them. Um, they play into our identity, or into our identity, and um, and and who we believe we are because we are feeling a certain way, rather than separating who we are from how we're feeling. I don't know. And and to me, did I explain that properly? No, I think that I think that makes sense. I think you're at least on the right track of where where my head's at because I, I think you know we we do like readily probably all too readily identify with our emotional experience rather than rather than seeing the separation that exists between you know um this idea of the self and the actual emotional experience i mean just look at how our, our verbiage works or just how our everyday language when when we're experiencing sadness we don't phrase it that way we don't say oh right now i'm experiencing sadness right now i'm experiencing anger it's I am angry. I am sad. Already, yeah. we're uh, necessitating this this ego or this sense of self, and and not only are we necessitating, we are making it synonymous with something experiential that that isn't fixed or static, but is actually fluid and permeable and and porous. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Dana, how do you feel? How, what, does anything come to mind when you think uh, think of emotions uh, as, as they relate to ego? Um, <clears throat> I think ego is um, it's biological. Um, I think we, as a species, um, want to protect ourselves, and I think it's um, innate for us to want to be liked for us to um, want to be protected, and um, I think that drives just about everything we do. So um, the minute we feel, well, maybe not the minute, but when we start to feel um, that we're looked down upon or not liked, um, sorry, I have a cold, <laughs> um, I think that um, it begins to, uh, we, we try to protect that because we want to survive. It's a it's survival instinct. And the problem comes, I think that's a normal thing. I think the problem comes that when it gets um, to the point where we're overthinking about it. So 
you know, if we, we were trying to protect this ego, we're trying to protect ourselves from um, being killed or being um, struck down. Like I said, it's a biology thing, in my opinion. Um, and then when you start overthinking it and you think, well, they just don't like me because of this, or uh, I need to do this, or I need to be better. Um, and when we're not aware of that, that's when it becomes, it turns into anxiety, depression, um, and a number of mental disorders. So I think ego can be a healthy thing. Um, and I think it's just, it's just a part of who we are. It's just balancing and understanding when it goes out of hand. Absolutely. I think you, Absolutely. I think you bring up like a, a really interesting point, or, or maybe I, I maybe read a little too much in between the lines, but um, when you, when you emphasize the kind of biological angle, I immediately kind of jump to like, you know, the, the thought behind some, um, evolutionary psychology where, you know, the things that we value, whether it's, you know, sugar or sex or, you know, shelter, we, we value for particular reasons and, and often they're pragmatic reasons or, or something that, that, um, gets something functional for us. So I think anything that, that we do or that we have evolved to have, we, we've had it for, for some kind of operative significance or some kind of functionality. So I think you're, you're right on target when you say, okay, we have this experience of, of the ego, this experience of, of the self, this sense of self that we, we identify with this, this ego. Um, and I think it served a, a pragmatic purpose uh, in our, you know, probably Paleolithic ancestry um, and how we, how we developed and how we navigated um, just the, the everyday life world. Um, and I think it, in some regards, I wonder if it's kind of like now almost an outmoded technology um, that it was really great at navigating a, a Paleolithic environment. Um, but is it still something that's suited to, to our modern environment? Because, you know, we have all these things that are basically leftovers from, from this, this developmental period um, that, you know, we, we developed specific to a specific context, specific to a, a particular environment. And we still have the tendencies, we still have the values, even though the, the environment have, has shifted more quickly than our biology has been able to keep up with. I read an interesting article recently, and I want to be able to give credit as to where I read it, but um, it was, it was <laughs> I, uh, I think it was the Na National Geographic, but I'm probably wrong about that, that was talking about this exact, um, this exact topic really as to why we have unreasonable fears to some things and then no fear to other things. Like um, they used the example, um, the fear of snakes, right? We have this, a lot of people have this impending fear of snakes and yet we don't fear um, something. Well, okay, not to get political, but this is what the art, the art, the article said, but um, they were talking about, but yet, we don't have a real fear or understanding of climate change because it's not in our biology yet to fear the weather, right? And so I, I think there's something to be said for the biology or the evolution factor, um, you know, as far as what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. 
So what, uh, what, what do we think, um, I mean, I guess to, to spin the uh, hyperbole the other way, um, what if we were in a, um, a Spock-type arrangement with emotions where emotions were completely separated from uh, the experience and the, um, I guess, the day-to-day -day operations? What would that look like? What do you think that would do to uh, humanity at large? Would that be a good thing or would that be, I mean, is that something we necessarily want to isolate from entirely or is there still a place there for emotions? Like, is there is there such a thing as too much and, and not enough or like middle path, like we talk about everything or what, 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 do you, what would you think about that? My personal feeling is that we need to be self-aware. Um, self-awareness is incredibly important and I guess I guess that's why Mindfulness practice, practice is very important. Um, I think if we had, well, if we had no emotion, we'd be a bunch of sociopaths really running around. We'd have, you know, because it wouldn't matter. We'd just have no moral compass, right? Like, yeah. I think in a way, emotions give us a moral compass. But at the same time, we can't let it dictate, again, who we are and, and, um, Stop the yeah. So that's where the mindfulness comes into practice, in my opinion, um, to create self-awareness so that we can take a step back when we're feeling overwhelmed and go, okay, what's going on here? You know. Right. How about you, Dwayne? What do you think? Uh, what do you think? A complete uh, isolation of day-to-day um, -day operations from emotions. What do you think that would look like? How would that play out on a, on a daily basis? You know what? I, I don't know. <laughs> um, we're getting, I feel we're like I am definitely probably the, the least qualified person to, to comment on that. I think it's hard for me to wrap my head around that because I, I'm not sure that that's something that 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 is necessarily something that we, we should want. But I, right. I guess, you know, the shoulds can <laughs> become complicated, too. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't see see. You know, there's there's still going back to the argument we made. I mean, just like everything else, what was what was the the obviously there was some kind of evolutionary functionality to our emotional experiences as well. They they served some kind of purpose in, in navigating um, the world around us and, and navigating social interactions um, and, and group cohesion or, or, <laughs> or uncohesion as well. Um, but I, I think there's a purpose there, and and whether or not, well, I, I think anytime we start talking about bi biology and, and probably that evolutionary background, things get a little convoluted because obviously, you know, evolution has one goal and that's just the passage of genes from one generation to another. It's, it has no um, long-term goal for anything compassionate or, or, or loving or kind of, um, you know, altruistic, um, that's just not built into it. And so if we try to make it seem that way, we're, we're kind of being inaccurate from the start. But I think, I still think there's something very beneficial to, to our emotionality a, as a species. I think it's a, it's a driving force for a lot of what we do, um, in, in every in every aspect of our lives, I think we're very we're very driven by emotion, sometimes to our detriment. But I also think that it's it's the catalyst for for our ability to to innovate and and progress 
Um, and so I, I wonder if we would even have that kind of um, motivational energy w without that kind of emotional backing. Um, and I wonder if, if maybe a better question is like, how can we, um, how can we hack these, these remnants of an ancestral path uh, or past to, to be more effectual in the, in the context that we find ourselves now? Well, I think for one, if we got rid of uh, emotions uh, as related to daily operations, I guess, of, of being a person, uh, Sarah McLaughlin would be out of a job. Like, she'd be done. It would be over, you know? So, the, the ASPCA would just be fucked. Like, <laughs> entirely. Entirely. And, oh, my God, there's Shriner commercials? Are you kidding me? Uh, I hit the heartstrings? Oh, my God. There would be no advertising. Advertising is all based on manipulating emotions. So exactly. yeah, you gotta grab them. You gotta get in there. You gotta get them. Uh, We'd so all be rich. <laughs> Dana, what do you think? What do you, what do you think? Uh, uh, do you think separating emotions from from daily operation would that what would that look like? Would that be a good thing? How do you feel about that? I don't really think that's possible. I, I emotion is what it is. I mean, you're gonna feel. There's nothing wrong with feeling. There's nothing wrong with being angry. There's nothing wrong with being sad. There's nothing wrong with feeling joy. It's just going to come and go. Again, it's just um, the mindfulness of it and knowing, you know, when to step back. And you know, just because I'm angry doesn't mean I need to punch you, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I could, I could be angry and know that I'm angry and feel that I'm angry and sit with my anger and then let it dissipate. Right. And, and I think it's also a good opportunity to practice because there are a lot of times when the, these emotions come up and, you know, in your head, that like that anger or that sadness, it's so engrossing and so powerful. Um, it's a good chance to just sit in it and go like, where are the edges of this thing? You know, like, what, you know, I'm, I'm in a glass box of emotion. Where are the, 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 where's the door? You know, um, it's a good opportunity to, I guess, find the outer limits of, of the person, you know what I mean? If you, you know, I don't know how, how much any of you believe in, in self or, or, you know, in your studies, I know everything's about selflessness and anatta and, and, and those kind of things. Uh, but I think it's a good, it, you know, as impermanent as I feel all this is, uh, I, I still feel it's worth exploring, you know what I mean? And I think that yeah. the emotions are a tremendous vehicle for that because you can really like, wow, I'm, I'm actually angry because this guy, you know, he can, uh, write a better blog post than me, or you know, whatever the case is. It's it's amazing, like how you internalize stuff like that. No, I think that's really important. I think there's, you know, I think in in a lot of the the arenas that we all kind of work and and discuss in, you know, obviously the the fictitious nature of the self is something that that gets thrown around a lot to the point of almost being cliché. Um, and I, 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 we get so caught up in the, just the idea that there is no self that we forget that, you know, I don't think we can, we can completely get away from the experience of self. And, and honestly, as, as I try to read the, you know, through these traditions and teachings, I don't think that there's anything in there that says you shouldn't experience, you know, selfhood or that the experience of selfhood is somehow, um, 
derogatory or, or negative or that it's something that you should try to completely vanquish utterly. I, I don't think that that's what's really at play. I think there's something more subtle and, and more nuanced in that it's just trying to take, like Dana said, that step back to recognize that that this is a fiction. It's probably a fiction that I can't live without or that I can't completely extinguish, but um, and it and it probably does serve a kind of daily purpose, but it is still a fiction, and it's 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 not a bad fiction. We we all you know love to watch a good movie, a good TV show, and 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 it can be kind of beneficial to have the experience. It has its its positive attributes. I think it's just not getting too attached to the story or too too identified with it. I think the experience is perfectly legitimate. Um, it's just recognizing that that's all it is, is just an experience, just like maybe emotions in general, sadness, anger. We all experience them, but they're not a, a concrete quality. There's something that comes and goes, ebbs and flows, and, and maybe we could kind of say the same thing about the ego. It's just, you know, it's a story. It's a good story yeah. that we that we tell ourselves. Um, I think uh, there was a book I read years ago called, um, I think it was called Ishmael by Daniel Quinn. And Oh, yes. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's a great, one yeah. of my favorite lines in that book is that yeah. a culture... Uh, a culture is a people enacting a story. And I think you could say the same thing about mental culture, you know, your your own personal mm -hmm. mental culture is like you are a person enacting a story. Your your ego yourself is is the story that you're given to enact and and um, you can you can play with that and that gives you something to really observe. When you're looking at those those edges, where's where's the periphery of this story? How is this story um, developing and, and being able to mindfully observe it without um, trying to make it something that it isn't. Right. Uh, and, and another thing I wanted to touch on and listen to you guys maybe really think of this was um, a lot of times we don't realize that uh, another purpose the emotions can serve is, you know, you know what sadness feels like. I know what sadness feels like. Like, why I guess uh, feeling that sensation and knowing that sensation and anger, you know, all, all the emotional spectrum, knowing those things, feeling those things, uh, it, it almost uh, necessitates a, a growth of empathy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is, oh, that's which is something that's tremendous in, in this yes. path as a whole. Um, is yes. it, anybody want to talk on that? No, I like that. That really, really struck a chord with me. I think when, when your emotional development can lead to to a greater uh, expression of empathy i wonder if that in itself is kind of the very act that can kind of silence or or negate the ego because the more empathetic we become by necessity we become less egocentric yeah yeah and more compassionate absolutely yeah like yeah i i think well I, extreme pain, um, although I wouldn't wish it on anyone, has, I like what Dana said when she said, I feel anger and I sit with it and I move through it. Yeah, extreme pain makes us grow. Yeah. And it does make us more compassionate and it does make us more empathetic. And so, yeah, the big feelings are good in the end if you can just 
sit with it for a while, you know, like Dana said. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. <clears throat> okay, guys, so we're, we're about, uh, we're coming up with about two minutes left. Uh, so I'd like to, if we could go through uh, one by one and everybody get like their, 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 their last hurrah in here. So uh, Dana, can we start with you? Um, what would you, anything you'd like to say and wrap up, uh, including plugs, if you want to plug too. Um, I just the the biggest teacher for me with ego has been being a parent. If if you anything strips away ego, it's your kids. So fast, so fast. Um, and just to plug, I guess Tattoo Buddha. You know, um, check us out. We're always looking for more writers. We have a great team. Um, so check us out. Very cool. And uh, and and Dwayne, if you'd like to go ahead and and, and do the same, plug away. Yeah, absolutely. If if you're interested in seeing anything that I do, um, definitely uh, my YouTube channel is probably one of your best places to stop. It's just youtube.com slash Dwayne Toops. Uh, I try to post it, um, you know, every week or so. Um, there, I also have a WordPress page that I that I periodically update. Um, that's just DwayneToops.wordpress.com. Um, and then on Anchor, I have a podcast called The Process and the Path, but you can find that on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get podcasts. And uh, occasionally, I, I am privileged enough to write for the Tattooed Buddha, so you can search me there as well. Very cool. And, and Nelly, what, what, what do you have in, in, in uh, conclusion? What did you want to, uh, I mean, you wanted to put a, a final point on? I friggin' love you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We love you too. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, theunusualbuddha.com. <laughs> Find us on Instagram <laughs> as well as Facebook depending and Twitter. On, yes, and depending on the day of week, you know, who knows? It, it, you could be talking to either either of us. So yeah. Uh, good good luck finding out who. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys so much for for doing this, and uh, it's something I'd like to do again. And um, again, thank you guys for tuning in and. Uh, We'll see you out there. Thanks so much. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye, guys. What's up, guys? Jim Martin here from The Unusual Buddha. I just want to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, you guys, I don't know if you guys know this, but it means a lot to me. I also want to take a quick second to thank our patrons. Uh, so I'm going to hammer through this list real fast. Uh, I want to say a big thank you to Astrid, Ben, Cheryl, Daniel, Evelyn, Heather, Heidi, Jen, Kelsang, Christina, Mary, Patrick, Robin, Shannon, Tara, and Tara. Thank you guys so much for your support. I uh, really hope you guys are digging what we're putting out, and uh, thank you for supporting it. All right, peace.